Warning, the following is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, I just wanted to remind you guys that all of our episodes are posted on Spotify and Anchor for now. We will be posting elsewhere as soon as we can. Um, also, all of our research information can be found on our Facebook page, Dancy True Crime. That is D-A-N-S-I True Crime. You guys have a fantastic week. Hey guys, I'm Casey. And I'm Daniel. And we are Dancy True Crime. And today I get to tell you about Andrew Philip Cunanan. Interesting name. <laughs> so he wasn't a serial killer, but he did do some spree killings. He killed five people in total. All right, so I'm going to stop you right there. So, so fill me in. What exactly is a spree killer? Okay, so the main difference between a spree killer and a serial killer is a serial killer does it every so often to, you know, just never, you know, he they have a um, specific MO. Like, okay. like with the um, Andre Crawford case. <laughs> Sorry. So, like with the Andre Crawford case, okay. you know. He had the taking of the shoes and the cloth over the face and stuff like that. Okay. Versus a spree killer, they basically, something just clicks in them. Oh, shoot. And then they just start murdering people. And they will not stop until they are stopped. All right, well, let's dive into this. I'm excited. So, so <laughs> give me a little bit of the background first. Like, where's he from? What, All right, like, the so, family type stuff. So, Andrew was born on August 31st, 1969. Okay. Um, in National City, California. Okay. His parents were Modesto Cunanan and Mary Ann Shalaki. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> um, his dad was a Navy veteran and a stockbroker later in life, and his mom was from Southern Italy. Oh. I'm assuming that she was some kind of like stay-at-home mom because it doesn't really say what, like what she did. Okay. He was the baby of four kids, so you know, I have a baby of four kids, so I kind of get that. <laughs> I'm a baby of three, so you know, <laughs> don't yeah. exactly fully get it, but you know, still. Yeah, <laughs> but she's the baby for sure. Yeah. Um, but Andrew was like, he was a smart cookie. Like oh, yeah? his IQ was 147. Uh, yeah. And also he, he memorized the encyclopedia at the age of 10. Do you know which encyclopedia, which version at that um, point? So according to his brother, he he had like this series of like 10 of them and you would ask him which question and he, he knew everything That's that they asked him. That's crazy. Yeah, and he would, and he would tell you which book it was in. Oh my gosh. He, he was incredibly smart. Um, did he graduate from high school or college early or anything? Or So he did graduate from high school. It didn't say anything about early, but he did okay. graduate. Um, and he did do some college. Okay. But he was, only one out of the four kids to go to a private school um, because it was like a special school for like smart people or rich. Like you have to like either get a scholarship for like being smart or 
you have to be rich. Dang. So, okay. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. They were they were well off. Yeah. Like they weren't broke, but they were they weren't rich either. Like they had. Okay. The for, means for that time of you know right okay right, um. But like as he was at that private school, it was called the Bishop School in La Jolla, California. Okay. So while he was there, like he developed this rich like he wanted to feel like he was rich. He he basically like changed his personality and changed Ooh. his background to fit in he had to fit in he wanted to fit in okay so he pretended that he was rich too <laughs> he pretty much did that his whole life oh. just for the record okay so his brother christopher uh Cunian told diane sawyer on nbc news that he, quote he was my father's pride and joy but I mean, he's the baby. He's got a hundred and forty-seven IQ. Like, right? He, so he's he, he should have gone somewhere, right? Um, but anyway, he was very um, quote. He was very smart. When he was about ten years old, he had read the whole set of encyclopedias and memorized it. And you could ask him any question, pick any edition, and ask him any questions, and he would tell you. That's what I was telling you about. Um. That was from his brother. So he would make up like different backgrounds to fit in, as I said before. Right. And he just continued to do this his whole life. So do you think that's one of the reasons why he ends up doing later what he does? or You're just going to have to wait and find out like everybody else. All right. <laughs> Sorry, just so many questions. I know. I, I have the answers to the ones you have asked so far. Awesome. All right. So he would even make him, he would like make himself look different to feel most attractive at the time. Like he was known to wear wigs, dress, dress up. He would, he, he was always trying to be like Somebody dressed up. Right. He was always, he, he had all these different backgrounds and all these different characters. Okay. Um, he even had different, uh, different alias. He went by Andrew De Silva, um, at one point he just, he wanted to sound like he was richer. Wow. And, okay. Um, he wanted to change his identity and stuff like that. At the age of 19, his family found out that he was gay. And, you know, back then that wasn't such a, you Huge know, thing, right? his mom was very religious and she was so mad. Yeah. Because um, at that point it, it would have been in the mid 70s. Yeah, well, he was born in 69. Or, he sorry, was 19, yeah. So like the mid 80s. Mid 80s, I apologize. Yeah. Um, Others claim, like, in the family claim that they knew all along and just never acknowledged it. Mm. Um, but soon after his family found out he was gay, he moved to San Francisco so that he could frequent um, high-end gay bars and restaurants because he wanted to fit in. That's all he ever wanted was to fit in, but That's he wanted you. to change his whole... Demeanor type or... Just... Self in okay. order to do it. Okay. Um, he, at some point during that, he would claim that his father was an Israeli millionaire and a Fifth Avenue aristocrat to like basically try to fit wow. again. He wanted to fit in. Right. Um, uh, at that time is when he went by the name of Andrew De Silva. Okay. He would go on to major in American history, but he would drop out of college two years later. Damn. Um, because he wanted to be... You know, he wanted to live his best life and be pampered and not have to pay for it. Oh. 
He didn't want to do it. So, um, he would quickly become a fixture in the Castro district, which at the time was like a gay neighborhood. Okay. Like, and that's still there in... I'm not... I honestly, I don't, I don't know. It was... Okay. It, it may or may not be. I don't know. Um, but he would like befriend wealthy or old, wealthy older men. Okay. Um, and he liked to make violent porn. Now, if you have ever seen American Crime Story, he, the whole second season is about him. And there is some pretty messed up things in there. I was watching just a little bit with you today. And like, there is a part in there where he wrapped a guy's head in duct tape. His entire head. It was crazy. It was insane. And I mean, it, it that's just the start of it. It gets so much worse. Um, but he really liked to make violent porn. <laughs> um, oh. But he was with a guy named Norman Blackford who would give him $2,000 a month for allowance. Just to stay around? Just, just to do what he wanted. He was a sugar daddy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, he would he provided him a fran- fancy car to drive and give him lavish vacations in southern France. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And eventually he got tired of it and he, he cut him off in 96. Wow. And that is when Cunanan went into a downward spiral. Because Just because. He didn't know how to live without somebody forking over thousands of dollars to him to live his lavish life so then what would he do with this money you're getting two thousand a month he would buy himself fancy things he would take his friends out to eat he would oh my he would just spend this money on anything that he felt he wanted see no no for that (sighs) yeah yeah he even sent him to italy like that is insane my gosh. Um, All right. So. But yeah, he didn't know how to live without the lavish lifestyle, without the wealthy older men providing for him. And let me tell you, he lost his shit. And this is kind of the start of. This is the downward spiral. The spiral. Okay. Um, because he started doubting himself and everything in his life. And then he murdered his lover. Wow. Yes. And do we have a name for the first? So that would have been um, Norman Blackford. Okay. And it doesn't really say much about, like, what he did. Okay. Per se. Like, to kill him, it just said he murdered him. Okay. Um, A few months later, Andrew would fly to Minnesota to handle some business to, quote, sorry, to, quote, handle some business unquote, with Jeffrey Trail. And do we know who Jeffrey is? So, Jeffrey Trail was a 28-year-old propane salesman. Okay. um, Which he was later found beaten to death by a claw hammer. Um, Wow. He he was, yes, he was rolled up in a rug and stuffed in the closet of architect David Madsen's apartment on April 27th of 97. (laughs) So, he was found in the closet of David Madison's apartment. Now, Madison was one of Andrew's ex-lovers. Okay. Okay. Andrew, quote, loved him very much. Um, And when 
They broke up. David wanted nothing to do with him. So Andrew killed him. All right, so I got I got to stop you real quick because I got a, a good question here. So did okay. he actually was it all his ex lovers or did he ever just go on a random murder spree? That's coming up. Okay. Um, <laughs> mind you, this is number two. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Madison's body was found with a gunshot wound to the head and and is back on the east shore of Rush Lake near Rush. Rush City, Minnesota, on May 3rd of 97. Dang. Then he decided he wanted to go to Chicago. It's not too far away from here. No. (laughs) Um, This is where he would claim his third victim, which was 72-year-old Lee Miglin. And that's the one. That was the art. He was an architect. Yes. And he was going to do the Space Needle or whatever. Yeah, I got that. I think that's what he was called. Yeah. So... Um, but he did that on May 4th of 97 and, oh, he was a real estate developer. Okay. Sorry. I I said the wrong word. (laughs) Miglin was a prominent real estate developer. Actually, there were, um, there was never any connection made between them. It was, it was believed to be a crime of opportunity as he, um, Cunanan was cleaning a garage nearby and noticed he was alone. But it wasn't um, Lee. He was married, though, correct? Yes, he was married, but his wife was out of town. Um, after the murder, uh, quote, Cunanan went into a into the family's home, ate a hand sandwich, shaved, and rested, according to ABC7 Chicago. How, after brutally murdering somebody, could you just go eat a sandwich Get cleaned up, act like nothing happened, and just head on out. How? Obviously, he's not okay in the head. Oh. um, Then he, after that, he stole Micklin's car and drove to New Jersey. Now, once in New Jersey, Cunanan murdered a cemetery worker named William Reese. For his 1995 red Chevrolet pickup truck. So that is where he murdered someone random. Okay. Um, mind you, this is all like back to back to back to back. Um, you know. Um, he was then placed on the FBI's top 10 most want- wanted fugitives list. Sorry. Wanted fugitives list. He would be the 449th person ever on this list. Wow. Yeah. Um, after that, he made his way to Miami, Florida, where he somehow took up residence in the Normandy Plaza Hotel. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is where um, he lived four miles north of Gianni Versace's mansion. Okay. Um, the hotel's night manager claimed that Cunanan paid in cash... And would often change his appearance, like possibly even wearing wigs to alter the way he way he looked, according to Vanity Fair. Um, Andrew met Versace before 1990 in San Francisco at Columbus, and he pre- pretended to meet him prior to that. But whether or not he did, it's it's all it's unknown because you know Versace recognized him but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
you know, it could have been a mistaken, right? You know, so Andrew played the part. I'm just to get close to him because mm. he was famous and he used that. He used it as leverage with right. his friends. Um, but yeah, he f- threw his name out, Versace's name out frequently, so that he could get an advantage. Um, on July 15th of 97, Andrew shot Gianni Versace twice in the head on the front steps of his mansion. Why? He wanted to murder again, I guess. Oh, my. But, I mean, the witness and police pursued him, but he managed to escape. Still. Yes. So, you're saying with Versace, there was no MO on the murder? No, he just snapped. He just, he snapped. And just moved on with his life. Yes. Wow. And this is murder number three? Versace was murder number five. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yes. So, he's... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which Versace, um, he was gay too. He had a boyfriend um, and they had been together for a long time and they would also let like other men come in and, you know, it, it was kind of an open relationship as long as like the other one was there too. Okay. Like they just liked to have another man in their bedroom. So I think that might be why, like, how it all started, but I'm not 100% on that, so don't quote me on that. Okay. That morning, the investigators had found Reese's stolen pickup truck, along with a pile of discarded clothes, a personal check, a passport, newspaper clippings about his past murders, and a pawn shop ticket. And, obviously, he was wanted for the four murders before. Right. So now he's wanted for five murders. Dang. Um, he was found on July 23rd of 1997. Okay. Cunanan's body was found in a luxury houseboat in Miami Beach. Someone finally got him. Or was it a suicide? So, a caretaker reported to police, um, of hearing a gunshot. So, when they got there, they realized that he shot himself in the head with the Taurus pistol that he stole from one of his victims. From the Jeffrey Trails guy. Jeffrey Trail guy. Sorry. Now, do you think he did this out of the guilt of of killing all these other people? I think that he knew that his uh, face was all over the place and he knew... That he wasn't going to be able to go much longer without being caught. And I don't think that he wanted to live in jail. Because all he knew was lavish lifestyle. Okay. So he figured he'd take the easy way out and be a coward. Wow. Because I know earlier you were saying that typically with the spree murders, the only way they'll stop is if they are stopped. Exactly. So do you think or feel that... He knew it was coming because, I mean, just a week prior when he killed Versace, he they seen his face, they seen where what way, what direction he went. That he knew that they knew where he was. He you know right, and um, he knew that they were on his trail. Do you 
believe or were you able to find any information if there was like a suicide letter or just any indication at all no and i think what it was um and uh, he was spotted and i think somebody called the police and um the police seen him running and okay went after him and i think that um, they also were able to find in their records where he was supposedly living. So they went there and um, he actually wasn't there. Oh. Uh, but then they found out somehow, somehow in the end, they found out where he was. Okay. And like, and that they were already basically on their way there when the police, like the call came in that they heard a gunshot and then they okay. found him and he shot himself in the head. Wow. Sorry, that that took far longer than it should have oh, no, been. No, no. <laughs> um, but it was the same weapon that he used to kill Madison Reese and Versace. Oh god. Versace, sorry. Um his cremated re- remains are now um entered in the mausoleum at Cross Cemetery in San Diego. And there is a book out there that I did not read. Um, it's called Vulgar Favors by Maureen Orth, and it outlines, like, all the theories about the motive behind the murders. But I think the motive was he just lost his shit. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, Personally, that's what I think. Because otherwise, there's just... Uh, from the story, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the series with you, but just from hearing what you're saying, it's just... Yeah, you only got to see bits and pieces. Right, so it just it feels like there there would have to be a little bit more motive besides just wanting to be lavished. He was and, out of money. He had nowhere to go. He had, he had no money to go anywhere. You know, like so he basically hit rock bottom. Exactly, and there was no digging his way out, like you were saying, and he yeah. just he wanted the easy way out. Yep, exactly. Wow. So, what do you think? <laughs> Very interesting. I'm definitely going to have to watch the, the series, that season two, so just to get a little bit more of the feel for it. Yeah. Because I know... Yeah, because you only got to like watch a couple minutes of it here and there. Right, and as you were saying, you know, they're just depicting it on how they think that it would have gone. Right, it's just some of the theories. Right, because... Um, able- I mean, a lot of it is... There's, there's so many theories behind so much of this case that you know you just gotta find the truth behind it in order to do an episode because you're just i could go i could make 10 episodes out of all the theories if not more because i'm just curious because does it say like where the bodies were kind of found how were they found i know you talked about the hammer and then in the episode with uh lee yeah lee bingland is the one that he was, was killed uh in the show it's just like on american crime story it was he was he wrapped his head in duct tape and then you know he threw a bag of cement on him yeah like he said but again i i couldn't find anything on that like okay. to like factoid it so okay because I, I was just i was just yeah. curious i was like when i saw the bag of cement i was like okay is he going to bury him and he's just like no um, if I remember the, the quote correctly from the from there, he was like, "Cement is made to uh, make something, but you can also use it to kill something or something along those lines." 
I can't remember how it went. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna bother me now, but just check yeah. it out. And it was it was interesting though. I'll have to look it up and I'll add it to this episode. Sounds good. Put it in the show notes afterwards. No, what I'll do is I'll just I can just make add an audio clip at the end. Um and we'll... so like I can't like put it in right here, but I can definitely put it in at the end. Okay. Sounds good. So we want to make looking, sure that be listening for that at the end because it's like it was messed up. <laughs> um, I do know he when he had his this the guy's face wrapped around with the duct tape. He did say, um, "Admit that you're helpless." Like he had his nose and his face, his mouth covered. He could this guy could not breathe, and uh, then eventually he like stabbed his mouth with a pair of scissors, and so that the guy could breathe. And then he dragged him, like, into the um, garage, and that's when he did what you had just mentioned. Yeah. The cement thing. Um, Tied his legs up with... Yeah, uh, rope. No, I thought it was an extension cord. Maybe it was. It looked like an extension cord. <laughs> but it was... Cause like but I was but again, Casey, that's a show, and, and that's just a lot of, you know, what what part's fabricated and what, what part's not. But here's the you thing too, because like we were, when I was asking you this, and I was making the comment because he his legs were tied up with some sort of cord. We'll just leave it at that for right yeah. now. But his we'll get that back to you too. But his arms were free, so I was telling Casey, it was like, okay, so if his arms were free, why couldn't he? Even though he couldn't see, why not? You know, try to fight back. Because when the detectives came in later, they're like, well, is there any defensive wounds? No. But it, the gentleman was older. 79 i believe we said um and according to the program he he had hearing aids so yeah when andrew was going after him he bent down he was 72 72 i apologize and during the death during when everything was going down andrew had to bend down murder during the murder andrew physically got down by his ear and was screaming him i know you're not wearing your hearing aids at the moment so i'm going to make this loud and clear so it's just like, yeah, it, it was pretty messed up. Um, definitely go watch American Crime Story season two, um, if you want to see see what we're talking about. Now, where did you find this at? Was it on? It's Hulu? on Hulu. Okay. Um, it is on Hulu. You know, if you want to learn more or you know see what we're talking about here, like definitely go watch American Crime Stories part two. Cool. <laughs> so. Um, who are we doing next week, Daniel? You next week tell the story is going to be about the Phantom Killer. The Phantom Killer. So is this a serial killer, spree killer? Um, well, I'm still doing my deep dive into it. I'm trying okay. to find a good uh, podcast to check it out. But from what I've been finding out, though, it's just a serial yeah, killer. We always listen to podcasts to um, right to try to get because with our schedule. So we have four kids all together. Daniel has a daughter, and then I have three kids myself. Um, and, and we also both work full time. So we're just doing this like on the side as, you know, kind of a fun thing, you know, we both like the true crime and stuff. So we also got ourselves some of the, um, hunted killer games for Christmas. It was a Christmas present to ourselves. Um, and so we were thinking about doing a YouTube video, which Eventually, all of our posts will be on YouTube. It's just a matter of, like, we are recording them. Um, it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to uh, format it because YouTube's not accepting our videos yet. So, we got to figure out how they need us to do it. So, if you have any tips, let us know because Please. we could definitely use the help. 
Um, but, you know, anyway, we both work full time, you know, and then we have the kids. The so kids. we have a full schedule and we can only do things like. Right. At night. So, so. we still do research on Google so, and wherever yes, else. But we, we do do deep dives online um, when at night and after the kids go to bed and on the weekends and stuff um and we do all of our recording on the weekends after the kids are in bed so like right now it's 11 o'clock at night (laughs) so um you know so but yeah but um regarding the phantom killer though it takes place down in 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 texas (laughs) in texas okay so um and the name of it is I'll, i'll have to have help because it's tex uh I think it's Texarkana. Yes. Hold on just a second. Let me look that up. Because I have a hard time saying that word. But it's, from what I've been hearing so far, it is crazy because it's such a huge murder. Or there's two murders that I've been catching so far. I don't want to go into much detail. But let's just put it like this. The Texas Rangers get involved. Because it's that crazy. Yes, it's Texarkana. Okay, Texarkana. I will work on that for next week so I can make sure to pronounce it correctly. So, but yeah, that's who we'll be talking about next weekend. Okay. So. Well, it's not next weekend anymore. Remember, we're posting Mondays now. Remember, guys, we post Mondays now. So, awesome. Well, again, I'm Casey. And I'm Daniel. And we are Dancy True Crime, and we hope you have a fantastic week. See you next time. See ya. Hey guys, this was the update we promised. Um, So I messed up. Duct tape was on the second victim. Masking tape was on Lee McMahon. So he wrapped his head in masking tape, not duct tape. I am so sorry about that misinformation on the American Crime Story um, and what they did. Um, Daniel here wanted to tell you some of the quotes from um, when he killed... Lee Magdalene in the American Crime Story so that you can kind of better understand what we were talking about in that. So, Daniel, I'm going to leave this up to you. Go for it. All right. So this is what was quoted by Andrew in the episode there. It says, quote, I know that you are not wearing your hearing aid, so I'm going to speak very loudly and very clearly so you can understand. I want you to know that when they find your body, you will be wearing ladies' panties, surrounded by gay porn. I want the world to see the great Lee Miglin is a sissy, end quote. And then this is also the part I was telling you guys earlier about the concrete and how he ended up killing Lee. Quote, concrete can build, concrete can kill, end quote. And this is what Andrew had told Lee prior to taking a bag of concrete over his head and thrown it at Lee. And that was all on the American Crime Story Season 2, Episode 3. If you guys would like to see that. Sounds good. So, sorry about the misinformation, but I wanted to correct that for you. Because you guys are all here for the facts, not for um, what we uh, uh, try to remember. Um, so, we did want to correct that. So... We hope that you guys have a great week, and we will see you next time. Have a good night, guys. Bye, guys.
Hey guys, I just wanted to remind you guys that all of our episodes are posted on Spotify and Anchor for now. We will be posting elsewhere as soon as we can. Um, also, all of our research information can be found on our Facebook page, Dancy True Crime. That is D-A-N-S-I True Crime. You guys have a fantastic week.